for you are a way maker. We thank you, Lord, today for your son, Jesus, who died, came as a baby, who died on the cross, who shed his blood so that we can be washed in his blood and set free from all our sins and all everything that had kept us away from you, Lord. We thank you for that barrier, oh God, of the blood upon us, oh God, upon our homes, upon our families, upon everything that concerns us this morning. Because in that blood, we have victory today, oh God. We thank you for everyone in this house, especially our pastors, oh God. We thank you for them, and I thank you for blessing them with long life, good health, oh God. Continue to keep speaking to them as they teach us, oh God. You teach them, oh God. Father, we just thank you this morning. I commit this time into your hand. I thank you that your word will go forth and will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you have sent it to do, oh God. So have your way today in the name of Jesus. Have your way, not only in this place, but in every home, in every family, oh God. Have your way, oh God. We, we, we release you, Holy Spirit, to move about the homes of the ones that couldn't make it this morning. Where there are sickness, I declare healing, oh God. Where there is confusion and anxiety, I declare peace, oh God. Where there is a need, you are our source and our supplier. Supply today, oh God. Where someone feels they're lonely, oh God, you are right there with them. Comfort them and show them by your Holy Spirit how much you love them and they're never alone this morning. Father, reach out to your people today, oh God, and minister to them. Suit their every ache and pain today. Father, we send your word even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you this morning. Thank you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my Jesus. God, you're so good to us. Even when we're not worthy, you are worthy. Even when we mess up, you still love us and you still care for us. Your love for us is everlasting. And we say thank you, Lord. My topic for today is who am I? Who am I? Jesus is speaking to us this morning. Who am I? He's asking the question, who am I? You know, in Christmas season, everybody goes around and they're happy and jolly. Really, it truly is one of the best times of the year. Laughter wherever you go, people smiling, people doing going the extra mile to be uh, going the extra mile to make others happy. I mean, some people go out they buy gifts, some people visit each other, and we all do it. We do extra things at Christmas time. It's not only the shopping, the cooking, you cook a big meal, everybody's coming together, and it's a joyous time. And sometimes in the hustle and bustle of Christmas season, we forget the reason for the season. You go to the store and you find yourself listening to people say, Happy Holidays. Well, I don't ever answer to that. I will say Merry Christmas. That's me. This is the one time of the year I get to celebrate my Lord in the way I do. 
I like to go all out. My yard must be decorated, and it has around 10 Merry Christmas signs. Every time I go out and I find a Merry Christmas sign, I buy it. Because you know what? Everywhere else you see Happy Holidays. This is my Lord. I know who I am in Him, and I know Jesus and who He is, and I want others to know Him the same way. So my topic today is, who am I? And Jesus is asking the question, who am I and who are you? What will your answer be? Well, we know who Jesus is. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And I'm reading from the King James Version. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When the Lord gave the prophet Isaiah this verse, it was a time of great darkness in the land. The Jews has, had turned away to go, from God, and they would go to the mediums, the soothsayers, nowadays they call them the Obia people, and they would go to them for direction. And they turned away from God, and they cursed God. And God just let them have their way. He just allowed them because they didn't want to hear about him at all. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. It's like, I am what I am going to do, I choose to do, and nobody could tell me what to do because I am the ruler of myself. That's the attitude they had. So God allowed them to go the way they were going. And it was a really dark time at that time. But God, as we know him, like this song say, he always comes to rescue you. He made a promise to them through the prophet Isaiah. And he was saying to them, for unto us at that time, a child is born. So God promised to send a light. And the light will shine on everyone living in the shadow of death. Because at that time, they didn't know anything about heaven. They didn't know that, you know, they kept, they felt that they could do what they want. And they were all bound to one place, hell. All bound, they were all going one place, hell. But God didn't want that. He sent a light. And that's why we celebrate Jesus, because the light of is Jesus. That's why we go all out for Christmas, because it's a time of remembering what God did for us. He sent the light, Jesus. The scripture says, for unto us a child is born. Let's break this one scripture down. When it said the word child, it means Messiah. A child was born for the benefit of us as men. And when he say men, you know he mean ladies too. A child was born for the benefit of all believers from the beginning of the world to the end of the world. That's why he sent this child. 
God sent his child because he loved us. So God sent a child to us. We receive him as a child. But God also gave a son. So when he sent the child, a son was given. This son was with him from the beginning of time. We received Jesus as a child born, but God gave his son who was with him from eternity. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And what that means, he's the head over everything. He controls everything. And his government is one of justice and peace. That's why I say, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He is the head. He is justice. He is peace. And that's who we ought to be also. It said, Jesus said, who am I? I'm a child. I'm a son. He is also called wonderful. And why is it wonderful? Because he's both God and he came through a woman, and he's also a man. His love is a wonder to, to angels. His love is a wonder to us today. That God will give a son, he came as a child. Imagine that Jesus could have said, no, like some of us, me included at times, when somebody tells us to do something, the first thing that comes from our mouth, and this is the girl will say, No. You know, we do it with an attitude. I'm guilty. I don't know about you. I guess I'm the only guilty one here. But Jesus came, and it's a, it's a wonder that the love God had for us, and He was willing to give His Son. It's a wonder for, uh, for me that the son is willing to come, that's love. Amen. That's love. That's why people go all out at Christmas to love. Because that's the example we have in Jesus. That's who we celebrate. Amen? Amen. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. His not only his only begotten son, that whoever receive him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the reason he came. So that we will not perish, but we will have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. Jesus says, Who am I? He is counselor. For he knew the counsels of God from eternity, and he gives counsel to men. The greatest counselor we could ever have is in Jesus. And how, he's, how, and how we, we access that counsel, we pray. We read his word. We wait on him for his direction. And sometimes when something happens, people quick to blame God. God did this. No. You wait upon God. Ask Him, what was the purpose of this? Why is this happening? 
because you know sometimes something happened to you but it's not for you it's for somebody else it's for somebody else I'll share something with you last year about at this time Gerald I and the grandbaby had COVID and instead of worrying and praying I say God did you allow this to happen so teach me something through this and you know what? He taught me how to pray for others. So when I hear that word COVID, I know how to pray. I know how to get down on my knees because I know how I felt. I know how Gerald felt. I know how the grandbaby felt. And I know how God led us so I could pray for others the same way. And we st I stand here today. Thank you, God. It is well. I'm well. Gerald is well. Grandbabies do it extremely well. It happened, but I didn't blame God. I looked to God at that time, and I prayed, and I, I, you know, I trusted God with my whole heart. We're gonna get through this. And in truth, all I wasn't concerned about me. I was concerned about Gerald, and he was like, I mean, he he was like nothing happened for a few days. He was down, but after that, he was like taking care of me, and that's God. That is God. So he was my God at that time was my counselor. He was leading me. He was guiding me, telling me what to do. Many people say, take this, take that, take this, take that, take this, take that. You know what? I went to the source. Amen. I went to the source. And when I went to the source, the source said, call your doctor. Thank you, Lord. I have a born again doctor. She sent the medication and she also said, take this, take this, take this. We did exactly what she to told us and we're here today. Amen. Don't be afraid. Amen. Our counselor leads and guides us. Amen? Amen? Jesus says, who am I? He said, I am called your wonderful counselor. It's a wonder the things he teaches us and tells us to do. It amazes me sometimes at the simple little things that God does that makes such a big difference in our life and cause us to love him more. He is the wonderful counselor because none could teach like he does. He leads, he guides, and he gives us the right advice at the right time. Amen? Amen? Who am I? He is the mighty God. Think about that. The mighty God. The one, the only true and living God. He is God himself. And he is all-knowing, all-powerful. The word mighty in the Greek vocabulary means hero. The Lord is the infinite hero of his people. That's who he is. He is the hero of his people. He is the divine warrior who has triumphed over sin and death. That's who he is. He is, God says, Jesus said, who am I? He said, I am the everlasting father. And my first thought was, how could he be a father? Well, guess what? Jesus said in John 49, 
He that has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus and the Father are one. They are one. He is everlasting because Jesus is present everywhere. He is timeless and he cares for us just as a father cares for his children. All of us here had a daddy, an earthly daddy, every one of us. And there is nothing a father would not do for his children. When a child asks for something, that father will go out of his way to get it for a child. When a child hurt, sometimes they don't always understand and know what to do, we all, but we, we, we're looking at them, making sure they're sleeping, making sure they're, if they're sick and running a temperature, they're sleeping, you keep checking, you're getting the medication, you're making sure on time. That's how Jesus cares for us, and even much, much more. Jesus says, who am I? As I am the Prince of Peace. And as the Prince of Peace, he reconciles us to God. He is the giver of peace in the heart and conscience and mind of men. Jesus says, who am I? His name is Jesus. Matthew 1.21 says, and she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. -E For he shall save his people from their sins. The angel here was talking to Joseph in a dream about Mary and the son that she was about to give birth to. What happened? Joseph was about to separate himself to Mary. You know the story. But the angel had to intervene because Joseph was thinking that she was unfaithful to him. But he had forgotten the promises that a virgin will bring forth a child. Sometimes we too forget things. And that is why it's good to read the word. And it's good to, remember, to, to reflect on the things that God have already spoken. And Joseph at that time, he forget. And sometimes we forget. But that's why the word of God, it repeats itself all so that we will remember and never put it at the back of the, our mind who God is. Who God is. We get busy doing other things and we forget about the birth from a virgin. We women know what it's like to bring, give birth. But especially, think about it, a virgin giving birth. And hello, in a manger. Now we want the hospital room sterilized. Some rich people want the whole wing of the hospital. But there was no sterilization there. The ground had poop from the animals. He was in a manger. He laid on straws that was collected to put the animals on. Just remember, who am I? I am the king who gave up my throne and came down to the earth, became flesh 
so I could hurt like you hurt. So I could feel pain like you feel pain. So I could be hungry like you are hungry. So I could be thirsty like you are thirsty. Who am I? Who am I? So God spoke to, the angel spoke to Joseph and said, she shall bring forth a son. Now remember, it didn't say it like before, it said a child is born, a son is given. Now the angel is speaking to Joseph, she shall bring forth a son. We're talking about God now. So the reference is son when it comes to God. Because guess what? We are called sons of God. So God have, it, God have a purpose for everything. Everything. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The angels were so specific. He said, he shall call him Jesus. Jesus also means Yahweh is salvation. And it means the Lord saves. He came to this world to save us from ourselves. Because we can't save ourselves from sin and its consequences, hell. No matter how good we are, we cannot eliminate the sinful nature presence in each one of us. So we needed a savior. Jesus. Jesus says, who am I? Matthew 1.23 Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Jesus says, I am Emmanuel. Uh, which means God is with us. In the Old Testament, the presence of God was with his people. But after the birth and death of Jesus, his presence is now in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit. Emmanuel, God is with us. The presence of God is with his people in a way that was new to them in the Old Testament. They didn't have what we have, the Holy Spirit. We have that special gift with us, Emmanuel. Jesus says, who am I? John 1, 1, 1 to 4 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Two things Jesus is saying. Who am I? I am the word, and I am the light of men. What does light do? Light brings things into focus. If we have no light, if we this dark, you bump into things. You stumble. But light, when you put on a light, there you go. Light shows you the way. 
make the path straight for you. Jesus says, and the word, in 1 John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt upon us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the begotten, as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. So the word is alive. The word is alive. The word was made flesh, like I said, to feel as we feel. And dwelt among us, just like we did. But we, the word also is full of grace, and it is truth. The word is truth. Jesus is truth. The word is Jesus Christ, the eternal, ultimate expression of God. In the Old Testament, God spoke the word into existence. In the New Testament, God speaks through the living word, his son Jesus. God speaks through us because the word is in us. Emmanuel is with us. God is speaking through us today. We have the word, the Holy Spirit, and we can hear God's voice. And I say we because everybody have access to the word of God and that relationship with God. So we speak today as a mouth, as a, as a vessel on behalf of God. He need us. Who am I? I am the light of men. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto me, the Father, but by me. Jesus is saying, listen, I am the only way to my Father. I am truth, whatever I say, it is the truth because I cannot lie. I am life because I'm alive. I'm alive. As long as you call on me, you call on life. No matter how dead the situation looks, no matter how bad it looks, call upon Jesus, life giver. Call upon him and remind others of what he has done and what he continues to do. We all have testimonies and it's for a reason. We all go through situation. It's for a reason. Just as Jesus is the light of the world, we are reflectors of that light. So we have power to speak into situation that seems dead. As long as we have breath and we call upon Jesus, the light of this world, the life. Jesus is saying, no man could come unto me, unto the Father, but by me. He's the only one that died and shed his blood. It's like the cross. He's made, he had the cross joins us to Father. It's like a bridge. 
And the only way to cross that bridge is Jesus. He stood and he made up that bridge. He's that pathway. That's why he came. That's what Christmas we should be celebrating. Thank God for the gifts. Thank God for the fellowship. But thank God most of all for Jesus and what he did. Most of all for what he did. And you know what? Even, so, even if you didn't get a gift, you should be happy because Jesus gave you a gift that no man could give. When men give gifts, they look for something in return. That's the only gift that we're given with nothing in return. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. Jesus says, I am the way. Huh? Who am I? The way. Follow me. Who am I? The truth. Because he cannot lie. Who am I? The truth that will lead you to God. He reveals truth to us about his father. He the word of God says some things will remain hidden, but some things will be revealed. The things that have been revealed is for our good. The things that are hidden, God knows why. I'm not asking, I'm not judging. One day, when we all make it to heaven, God will reveal the things. And, we, and if we think we all know, I'll guess what we will be doing up there. I think we'll be, I don't know how to explain it, but we're gonna be in all. Amen? Amen. Now remember the question I asked before. Jesus was asking, who am I? Now he's asking us, who are you? Who, am, who are we? Jesus said, we, the believers, are the salt of the earth and the light of this world. Matthew chapter 15, verse 13 to 16. I'm going to read it in the complete Jewish Bible version. You are the salt of the land, but if salt becomes tasteless, excuse me. Hallelujah, this too shall pass. Mm. <laughs> Matthew 5, 13-16 You are the salt of the land, but if salt become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except being thrown out for people to trample on. You are the light of the world. A tongue built on a hill cannot be hidden. Likewise, when people light a lamp, they don't cover it with a bowl, but they put it on a lampstand so that it shines for everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus is saying, let your light shine before people 
so that they may see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. So Jesus is saying, here's what, you are the light, you are, you are the salt of the land. And he expects us to do something with that salt. He said, if this salt become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It cannot. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out. So he's saying, here's what, you are the salt of the world. He needs you to keep, to st he needs you, he needs me to, to preserve this land. He needs us to do what he has already done so that others will know that he's alive, will know about him. He needs us to reflect the things he has taught us onto others. He's saying, we are the salt of the earth. And what does salt do? Salt was a necessity of life in the, in the Old Testament. And it was used as a seasoning, as a preservative, as a disinfectant. And, for cer and it was used for ceremonial offerings. And it was also used as a unit of exchange. Salt was costly in those days. Salt was like a precious stone, like a diamond, like your rubies. That's what salt was back in those days. So he's telling us, you are the salt of the earth. You are a de-seasoning of this earth. You are a preservative that I need. We are. You are a disinfectant. I'll explain that in a while. He's saying, I need you. He's saying, the salt was used to preserve and slow decay. Stop something from getting further along. Let's give you an example. Let's say somebody marriage is going, people going apart. Salt, you step in and start counseling. Salt, you step in and start being a child of God who will go and pray with that couple, encourage that couple, don't judge the couple, and just be there for that couple. You know what you just did? You stopped them from going apart, but you stopped them at that point where there could be reconciliation. That's what Saul do. That's what he's saying we are. That's who we are. He said, okay, you are precious. You, we all know we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You're precious in God's sight. You and I were precious in God's sight. Here's a quick one-on-one on salt. Salt is an anti, uh, salt is an aspect no. Salt is free from contamination and harmful bacteria. So when you use salt, salt stops con contamination and it stops that bacteria from growing. Basically, salt prevents infection. It cannot cure 
but it can stop the spread. So in the Old Testament, salt was used to keep things from spoiling. And think about it. You put salt in certain things and they just stop it from going bad. That's who we are, saints. Salt of the earth. Back in the old day, they had no electricity. And I mean they had no refrigeration. So salt is how they kept their food from going bad. And that's what Jesus is telling us. You are the salt of the earth. He says, likewise, when people like, he's saying, we are the salt of the land. You are the light of the world. A tongue built on a hill cannot be hidden. Well, he's simply saying, when you light a light, you put it on a high spot so that it could, the light will shine wherever, in that room. And he's saying, you are light. People should see you. Don't hide that light in you. Don't hide it, because you are salt to preserve, to stop decay, because this is what this world is about, decay. The, uh, the word of God said the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Salt, you are here because you have life. The, light live, the life in you, Emmanuel, God with us, when you enter that situation in a room with somebody going through something, hear what? You are now the light of this world also. You are light. So when your light shines, what does it do? It reflects Jesus. So what does it do? It points others to Jesus. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we are called sons of God. That's why we are to, to let others know Jesus is alive. He is well. He is a redeemer. He lives in us. And if you believe, he will live in you also. Amen? Amen. Jesus came so that he, he could show us the way. Now that we know the way, he expects us to be light of the world and the salt of the earth, so others will get to know him as we do. Amen? Amen. The last thing I want to tell you is, I go back to Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, and Jesus says, Who am I? He says, I am the Prince of Peace. Peace comes from God. Peace is God, just like love is God. And we look at people right now in situations going on, and people in turmoil don't know what to do. But we are the light of the world, and we are the salt of the earth. So when we get in this situation, hear what? Here comes the Prince of Peace, because he is in us, and he is with us. And the Prince of Peace wants to instill settledness of his own rule in our soul so that we can tell others the indwelling of his life and character through the Holy Spirit work in our life is intended to help us learn to abide in peace. And when we abide in peace, when we, wherever we go, people should see our peace, 
know our peace because we were shared with them and want our peace. In John 14, 27 said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I know people suffering. I know people going through things. But in Colossians 3.15 it says, let the peace of God rule our hearts. Yes. And let the peace of God act as an empire over decisions that will trouble us. Amen. Let the peace of God act as an empire overruling doubts that will disturb us and let the peace of God act as, in, as an umpire overthrowing the adversary's lies that would defeat us or deter us from God's purposes in our life. In conclusion, Jesus wants us to remember he is the Prince of Peace. Perfect peace is available when the heart and mind keep focused on God's promise, God's power, and God's presence in us and with us. Jesus is the reason, the only reason for Christmas. Trust him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.